0: morning Maria let's pray and then let's stand and worship together Lord I pray that today you would help us to keep our focus on you that you would help us to trust you and that you would reveal yourselves to us in a way that is real and a way that is something that we can use Lord to have a deeper faith and to follow you into the next step I pray that you would help us God as we come together today So not be discouraged by all the things that are going on around us, but instead to realize the incredible opportunity there is for us to show your love and share your name. And so, God, I pray that you would be with us this time. I pray that you would guard us and guide us through worship today and that your voice would speak. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Uh, That's our prayer this morning. We see such a terrible example so often in the world of what love is. Sometimes we experience bad examples, and honestly, sometimes we share bad examples. God, but your love is the firm foundation. Your love is something we can always come back to. And my prayer is, for me this morning, for, for those gathered here, for those watching us online, God, is that, that we remembered it's your love that we can depend on. When all else fails, when the stuff in our lives seems to be out of control, God, it is your love that is that firm foundation. We thank you for your son and your sacrifice, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. If you're here with us, you can have a seat. Excited that you have uh, joined us here this morning. If you're online, uh, glad to see you. I'm going to wave to you. You can wave back or not, because we can't really see you, so it's cool. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's been beautiful weather this week. Um, I have on uh, my boat shoes, uh, and I have on my flamingos. So I'm going to spend this afternoon in my backyard enjoying the weather, watching golf, consuming a cold lemonade, maybe an Arnold Palmer, since I'll be watching golf. Um, But if you were not here Friday night, it was equally as beautiful Friday night. Uh, We had uh, a community movie night. Uh, We had the opportunity uh, to watch Frozen 2, uh, with some of you guys here, some of you guys joining us online, and then some of Uh, Our friends from the community. Uh, I don't know what we finished with. I don't think anybody took an actual count. I know in the pictures we had 41. Uh, So a good turnout. Excited um, for everybody that joined us and hope that'll be another opportunity um, that we can pursue as we continue to move towards uh, good weather. So um, you may have seen the names of our new members rolling on the screen beforehand. Uh, excited to have them join with us. If you have questions uh, about joining with us here at Murray Hill and what that means, uh, feel free to shoot us uh, an email at info at church, uh, and we'll follow up with you in the best way uh, that works for you, whether that's something where we can schedule a safe Uh, face-to-face, or if you'd rather do text or email or phone, uh, we would love to have the opportunity to talk with you um, about what that means. Lots of opportunities to give uh, and to participate with us uh, through giving back to God a portion of what He's blessed us with. Uh, Online giving, again, we've got the baskets touch-free over here. Um, Also opportunities to text to give, uh, and then you are still more than welcome to, if you have a checkbook and uh, want to support the USPS to send one right here uh, to 4300 Post Street. So, um, a- as we get ready to, to trans- transition back to in- into our time of worship, um, I had uh, the opportunity um, on Friday to teach U.S. history. Um, and if you haven't been around uh, or you don't know my background... Um, I uh, am a public school teacher, currently an assistant principal, but my content background is science. And so if you haven't been to school in a while, science and social studies are not the same uh, and arguably considerably different. Um, and so I, when I am teaching classes that is not my uh, forte and not areas where I really know the information... Um, I really try to concentrate on uh, on the standard, on what the state says the students have to know. Um, and so on Friday, we were talking about like the late 20s and early 30s, uh, the Great Depression and the New Deal. And and one thing that the students really got was the contrast between the Great Depression and President Hoover and his lack of action, and then when FDR was elected and, and he started the New Deal, his insane amount of action. It was like, uh, I'm just gonna try everything. And as soon as I realize it, it doesn't work, I'm gonna go try something else. And we're eventually gonna find some stuff that works. And so I'm sure historians can argue, you know, if, if Hoover got too much blame or FDR got, got too much credit, but really the big takeaway that, that I heard back from the kids was, man, FDR, He hit the ground running. Like as soon as he walked in, he's like, we're going to do this. 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 And then this week, our kids in their Bible study time, if you have kids at home and and they're not joined on our Zoom meeting, shoot us an email. Ladine and Bob do a great job at 930 on Sunday mornings working with the kids in their Bible study time. They did Matthew 2. And, and in Matthew 2, those, those first verses, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and says, Get up. Take Mary and, and take Jesus and go to Egypt. Herod's going to try to find him and kill him. And I talked to Emily and James because when you read the next verse, it doesn't say, Joseph agreed. Joseph understood, and then the next morning, he got everybody up, he made pancakes, because he knew there was going to be a long trip, a little bacon, got them all ready, packed them up, called the U-Haul, made sure they had all their stuff, and then took off for Egypt. He says he got up immediately, that very night. If it was me, I'd be like, angel of the Lord... There's this old saying that says, don't ever wake a sleeping baby. Joseph acted immediately. And I, I think for me and, and maybe for you here today or if you're joining us online, a lot of times we, we hear what God's saying. We agree with, what's God, with what God is saying. And we're like, you know what, God, as soon as I get these things wrapped up, these couple things seen about, I am with you. And I don't think that's what God calls us to do. When he says get up, when he says move, when he says act as our Lord and Savior, we need to get up, we need to move, and we need to act. Because he's allowing us the opportunity to work alongside him, to impact the world through his love. And so as we sing this morning, as we continue to praise him for all he is, for all He does, I would encourage you, as I am telling to myself, when you hear the voice of God, have that conversation. Stop and wait an extra minute. Do what it is He's asking you to do, because that is going to be the most important thing that happens for your entire day. Let's stand and sing.
2: Father, we come before you and we acknowledge the fact that there is nothing better than you. The world throws at us all kinds of opportunities and all kinds of things that we can pursue and chase after, but nothing comes close to who you are and what you mean to us in our lives. Father, we thank you that we can gather in this place we can gather online and we can celebrate you and and celebrate who you are i pray that as we look at your word in first peter that we will um, have our minds and our hearts open to you and how your spirit would lead us and i pray that this time would be transformational and it's in jesus name i pray amen please be seated so before i go on i I do want to correct one thing jay said it wouldn't have been bacon all right that's not a Jewish thing. It could have been turkey bacon, but it wouldn't have been bacon. Um, just had to tease him a little bit about that. So we've been going through First Peter, and we've been talking about living a holy life, okay? And, uh, and we talked about from the start, we live a holy life based on the fact of where we're headed. And when this life is through, we're going to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth where there's no more mourning, crying, pain, etc. And And what a joy that is, and that should lead us to to live a holy life. The second week we talked about submitting ourselves to authorities and how uh, that is a call from God that we should do that to bring honor to the King, to King Jesus, uh, that we subject ourselves to the authorities for His glory and His sake. The next week we talked about marriage and we talked about how we we treat our spouses will determine uh, how well our spiritual lives go. And that's a very... Uh, a new concept, I think, or a or, or rediscovered concept for us. And last week we talked about loving each other and how that is a priority for the community of faith to take care of each other's needs. And so we're moving forward in First Peter, and, and Peter talks about something that we really don't like. He talks about something that's difficult for us. I mean, everything up to this point, we can see, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, I, yeah okay, I get that. But today we move into a, a topic that's a little more difficult for us in the reality that we have been called as followers of Jesus to sacrifice. To sacrifice. So he tells us all about that. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll read verses 12 through 19. 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 19. If you're using the Pew Bible, it's uh, page 1223. And so remember, Peter is writing from Rome to churches in Eastern Europe and, and the uh, Western Middle East. And they were beginning to face persecution. And it was getting harder and harder. And, and Peter knew it was going to get worse. And so he was trying to encourage them and get them ready for this. And here's what he says in chapter 4, verse 12. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So I want to start off, and and Peter says a couple of things that are really important for us. And and the first one is is that um, to follow Christ, the call to follow Christ is a call to a willingness to sacrifice. Sometimes sacrifice means we suffer. But it's a call to a willingness to sacrifice. It's this idea and this reality when we choose to follow Christ, we are saying that what Jesus Christ wants with my life is the most important thing that is. And if what he wants is different than what I want, then I set aside what I want to pursue what he wants. Because I'm sacrificing my desires and sacrificing my will to follow his And so we are called to sacrifice. That could mean a lot of different things. That that could mean that we move overseas as missionaries. It could mean that we change jobs to make less money because the place that we're going would have more kingdom impact. We would have more kingdom impact there. It could mean giving up time that you would use for something that you want to do and instead invest it in something that God wants you to do. A sacrifice is willing to give up whatever is asked of us by our king and it's even if it's hard for me and so we have to understand when we look at the at the people peter was writing to peter was saying hey you're going to suffer not only are you going to sacrifice your freedoms not only are you going to sacrifice life as you know it you're going to have to suffer right so Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Don't be surprised this is happening to you. Don't be surprised that people are against you. Don't be surprised that they're turning on you. You should have expected this. You should have known because when we follow Christ and we live for him, people don't get it. He's been saying this through the whole book. People don't understand when we follow Christ and his teachings and we live by the the word of God, it goes contrary to what the world teaches now don't hear me say i'm not saying we're looking for a fight but what i'm saying is they may bring it to us and the response is that you know what i've been called to be a follower of jesus christ first and foremost and if that requires sacrifice i'll give whatever he requests if you ever know missionaries who leave this country and go to a foreign land they have to learn a new language and they they have to hang out in a new place and and this year, a lot of missionaries have been stuck in their houses in foreign lands, unable to get out because the governments have been so strict with the virus. And the suffering has just been multiplied for them. And it's, it's, it listen to their stories, it's incredible. But I think it's hard for us to understand the sacrifice idea because of where we live. Because the truth is, most of us don't have to sacrifice very much. We got it pretty easy as followers of jesus at least right now so i want to show you a video today of a group of people that don't have it so easy and so uh, we got written permission to show this video uh, from a group that supports persecuted christians across the world so let's take a look and see some of the stuff that's going on
3: everything that i owned was gone My apartment, my money, they took everything.
4: I was locked in my room and beaten, often with no food or water.
3: When they hit me, they broke and dislocated my shoulder.
4: Beatings, torture, confinement, rape, imprisonment, slavery discrimination, ostracism, forced marriage, death. According to the Pew Research Center, 75% of the world's population live in areas with severe religious restrictions. Christians in more than 95 countries face persecution directly from their governments simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world right now, an estimated 245 million Christians worldwide are at risk of extreme persecution. Most of the population of these at-risk Christians can be found in the 1040 window, the area of Asia and Africa between 10th and 40th degrees of latitude. The 1040 window is populated by people who are predominantly Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, animist or atheist. Many governments in this region are formally opposed to Christian work of any kind within their borders. The past decade has seen an unprecedented shift in unrest and violence towards Christians. The rise of ISIS in Iraq and Syria has created one of the largest refugee crises in history, displacing millions of Christians. Christians who have stayed in this area have been forced to either renounce their faith or die in brutal and barbaric ways. With this rising unrest, 2018 was considered by human rights groups to be the worst year in modern history for Christian persecution and things are only getting worse. Despite that, more Muslims have come to Christ in the last 15 years than in the past 14 centuries. But what exactly does a convert from Islam face in this modern age? What does it look like to suffer for Christ today?
2: They wanted me to go with them and repent so I would return to Islam. They came to take me. I refused. They started beating me. They ganged upon me and started beating me at the same time. They had bladed weapons, knives and such things.
4: Well, as a girl, you're not allowed to leave the house. If you do, they would say you are an infidel. I was the only girl in my family and the only Christian. I was locked in my room and beaten often
3: with no food or water. I used to put the Bible under my pillow. One day I went out. My mother came to my room and found the Bible under the pillow. When I returned, she asked me about it. I told her, I became a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. She went to the kitchen and brought a knife. She came to stab me with it. The knife cut my hand right here and injured me. She then spit in my face and insulted
1: me. When they
3: hit me, they broke and dislocated my shoulder. They cut my neck from the back. They hit me with a sword and it broke a bone in my face. This bone was broken with the sword and also cut up my arm.
0: One type of pressure that they put on me
4: was to force me to marry my cousin, so he would take care of me, and he would
3: make me return to Islam. And they were ready to set up a date for the wedding, but then
4: the Lord opened.
5: who said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church the ultimate martyr being Jesus Christ whose life, death and resurrection has planted seeds of faithful witness, witnesses some of whom have paid the ultimate price but they speak today through their life of faithfulness do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good
2: So we see stuff like that and realize you know we got it pretty easy i mean let's let's be honest so the call is to be willing to sacrifice and and you know what really stood out for me in that video was that more muslims have become followers of jesus in the last 15 years than the last 14 centuries you know why that is because christians said yes to sacrifice History has shown itself over and over again. Whenever Christians are willing to give their lives for the faith, the Spirit of Christ moves powerfully. So, I'm not trying to scare everybody. I'm not trying to to make us terrified of what's going on in the world. What what I'm trying to tell you is is that the call to follow Jesus Christ is a call to be willing to sacrifice whatever He requests, whatever He asks of me. And I watch these videos and I realize that whatever He asks of me is really pretty minor compared to what they face because they hear the gospel they hear the good news and if they they know if they choose to accept this truth that it could cost them their lives they know that but willingly they say you know what whatever jesus wants of me i'll give it even if it's my life So I think we need to learn from this that, you know, there are things that God will ask of us. There there are things that the Spirit of Christ will lead us to do. Things that are scary, things that are hurtful, and things that may make people turn against us. But but our goal is not to win a battle with them. Our goal is to be faithful to our King. And when we do that, what happens? Then the Spirit of Christ moves powerfully and changes lives. You see, our response typically when people don't agree with us is to stand up and fight. I'll show them. But really, what does it do? See, we need to trust God to be God through His Spirit. So if you read that verse again, Peter said that the reason this is happening is for a test. And really, that word can be an examination. And so the the idea is, is that that the Spirit of Christ is putting those people and eventually us, as we face sacrifice choices, to test our willingness to say yes. And they, by the thousands and thousands, said yes. And by the tens of thousands, the faith grew. And so it's a call to say yes to whatever is required. And I think we forget that part, that when I say yes to Jesus, it's now about him instead of me. Period. But that's not even the crazy part of the passage. Let's keep reading and see what Peter says. Verse 13, he says, But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So he says, first of all, rejoice when you get to suffer. Huh? When I suffer, rejoicing is not the first thing that pops into my mind. I don't know about you. Right? It's not the first thing that comes. But Peter says, rejoice. Celebrate the fact. Celebrate that you're getting to suffer for Jesus. Then he goes on to verse 14. It gets even worse. He said, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ... You are blessed. The word blessed means favored one. It's the same word that Gabriel used with Mary when he came and said, you're going to have a child because you are blessed. You are one of favor. And what Peter says, when when God calls you to suffer, when God calls you to sacrifice for the king, it is one of the greatest honors you could ever have in this life. It's one of the greatest privileges you could ever have. That the king found you worthy to suffer for him. Again, that sounds a little crazy to our thinking, does it not? But you know what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 5, he said this. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Jesus said, celebrate the fact when someone turns on you because of me. Rejoice. It's an honor. It's an honor to suffer for me. So Jesus lives out the rest of his life. He's crucified, he's buried, he comes back to life. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and doggone it if the disciples didn't live that way. You get to Acts chapter five, they all get arrested and they stand before the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin says, you guys have got to stop speaking about Jesus. This is wrong, quit it. And Peter's classic response was, well, who do you want us to listen to? Do you want us to listen to men or to God? That's really not a choice for us. That's a paraphrase, but that's what he said. We're going to listen to God. We're going to do what God calls us to do. And so the Sanhedrin said, we want to kill these guys. We want to get rid of them and end this. But one of them stood up, Gamaliel, stood up, and and he said, listen. And it's interesting when you read that passage, it says he was led by the Spirit. He stood up and said, you know what? If this thing's not of God, it's going to die anyway. Let's not kill them. But if if it's of God, we can't stop it. So they decided to flog them, decided to flog them. Now we talk about flogging, it's not the Roman version of flogging that Jesus had. Jesus had a a flogging that almost killed him. The flogging that they had would have been a temple flogging. So they would have had a bare back and they would have been hit by, it was hit by whips. It would not have been a pleasant thing, but it was not intended to kill, all right? It was intended to make you bleed and bruise, but not kill you. And it's amazing. All of them went through that. And and they were flogged and they were set free. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 5 that they did. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. See, Peter's writing to these folks and he's telling them, listen, suffering's coming. Sacrifice is coming and it's already there. But consider yourself honored when you get to suffer for the king. About 10 years ago, I guess now, I had two ladies up here on stage <coughs> with me and I interviewed them. And one of the ladies was from Iran. And if you were around, you probably remember this. And her story was incredible. And she didn't tell all the story. Um, That Sunday, but she had written a book that I read, Um, and the things. And so she she was in Iran. She was grew up Muslim. She converted to Christianity, and because of that, they arrested her and threw threw her in prison, in hopes to get her to recant her faith. And they did atrocious things to her. And not only would they um, deprive her of food and things that she needed, uh, they would physically abuse her. Uh, to the point in one chapter that talked about them ripping her fingernails off and so she was sitting up here and she was telling her story and she told that day she told the story about one day waking up just almost dead but she woke up and she smelt a beautiful fragrance in the cell with her and she looked up and she saw jesus and in that moment, he had words of encouragement for her to, to continue on. And so she was telling this story, and I was just sitting there thinking, man, that is just such an incredible faith. And so I looked at her, and I don't know if you all remember this, if you're here, I asked her, I said, so was there ever a point when you thought about giving up? Was there ever a point when you thought, you know what, this did, I, I'm going to recant my faith? And if you're here, you remember, she looked at me like I had three heads. And she said, That thought never, ever crossed my mind. Well, I felt really silly (laughs) asking the question. But see, when somebody's all in, there's never a question. If Jesus asked for it, it's a yes. If it's he wants me to sacrifice my life, it's a yes. If he wants me to talk to my neighbor about him, it's a yes. If he wants me to minister to someone that I don't like very much, it's a yes. From very simple things to very dramatic things, whatever he asks of us, it's a yes. And that's what Peter was trying to tell the people. Listen, it's going to get hard. You're going to have to choose. And it's almost as if Peter's saying, before it gets here in its full intensity, decide right now what you're going to do. And I think really that's the lesson for us is we have to step back and we have to say ahead of time, you know what? Whatever he asked me, that's what I'll do. Whatever the call is, whatever the leading is, if it's if it's minor in the eyes of people or if it's major in the eyes of people it doesn't matter whatever he calls me to do I'm all in because King Jesus matters the most he matters more than me and we look at that and we think well why why would we be called to suffer or sacrifice no, it's not thought this whole following Jesus thing was all about blessing and all about the good stuff and all about the joy and the happiness and all the great things he throws at us. Don't be offended by this, but that's an American version of this gospel. The biblical version of this gospel is come follow me and make me the most important part of your life, whatever it costs, whatever it costs. So today, I just, I want to tell you it's worth it. Whatever he's asking you to do, there is no greater feeling than to put your head on your pillow and know that you gave up something for the king. Not that you have to look for something to give up. Not that you have to go out of your way to find something to sacrifice. To know that you said yes when it made no sense. There is a peace that comes over you that is overwhelming. I don't know any other way to explain it. That you put your head on your pillow at night and you say, you know, I did exactly what the king asked me to do. And the world thinks I'm nuts. But that's okay. Because I said yes to the king. So today I just I want to challenge you this way. What has the king been asking you to do that you've been saying no? Or you've been negotiating. You ever do that with God? Okay, God, well, I'll do that, but let's think about it this way instead. What if I don't sacrifice quite as much as you're asking? Acts chapter five told us that was not a good idea. The first part, Ananias and Sapphira. What if I do it my way instead of your way? Let's have you fit into my plans instead of me fit into yours. No, that's not the call calls to say yes. And you know, most of us are not going to be called to go as missionaries overseas. But if you have been, you need to go. Most of us aren't going to be called to start churches or to be pastors or but if you have been, you need to do it. Most of us aren't going to be called to change careers and make less money so that the kingdom will be glorified. But if you have, you need to do it. And on and on we can go. And here's what we have to understand that we are not in a battle with other people. That's not this war. This war is much bigger than that. We're in a battle with the spiritual principalities of darkness. And the weapon that we have obviously the Spirit of Christ in us but the real weapon we have is the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. That's what changes people. And some people are going to reject it, and some people are going to be drawn to it, but it's not our job to fix that. It's our job to take this weapon and share the good news of Jesus Christ, because that's really all we've got. It's really all we've got. And if they reject the gospel, they reject our king. So hear me, say yes, say yes, be willing, and you will be amazed at what God uses you to accomplish. You will be amazed at how he not only takes you out of your comfort zone, but will use you to change lives that you never thought possible because he's that big of a God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've called us to be your children. I thank you for our brothers and sisters all across the world, particularly in that 1040 window, who seem to be suffering endlessly for your namesake. I thank you for their sacrifices. I thank you for their willingness to say yes. I thank you for how you're using them. To change lives. So, Father, give them strength, give them perseverance, use their sacrifices to accomplish your great purposes. And, Father, we know as followers, as your followers here in this country, that things just seem so weird things that we know to be true because your word proclaims them clearly are being openly and actively rejected by our society. But Father, help us to remember that you're the key to the battle, not us. And so when you call us to whatever it is you want us to do, Teach us, give us the courage and the willingness to say yes. And I pray that you will lead lead us to the right places and the right people with the same message that has changed the world for 2,000 years. And give us the courage to say yes when you lead. Now, Father, I pray if there's anyone here or watching that does not know you, I pray that today you would draw them to yourself, transform their lives. Give them a desire to say yes to you. Bless this time. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So very clearly, Jesus calls us to sacrifice, and it's not like he's calling us to do something he hasn't already done. because he gave the ultimate sacrifice Paul wrote in Philippians 2 about how Jesus emptied himself that he set aside the rulership of the universe to take on the form of a human so that he could be put on a cross and he made that amazing sacrifice a sacrifice that affected him for all eternity because he and the Father decided you were worth it and I was worth it. And the truth is, whatever sacrifice we're called to make is very small in comparison. So if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, you've never received the gift that comes from the sacrifice of Jesus, we invite you today to receive that gift. You see, all of us have been separated from God because of sin, the choices that we made that go contrary to his will. And because of that sin, we, we can't get right with God unless God intervenes on our behalf, which he did through Jesus on the cross. And we very simply throw ourselves on his mercy. He forgives us, gives us new life that lasts for eternity. So if you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your life, I, I hope you will today. We're gonna sing in a minute and you can come to the Welcome Center and we can talk about faith and what that means and what it looks like. If you're watching online, then you can text uh, or email and we'll have people respond to you. But it's the most important decision life has to offer. What do I do with Jesus? Maybe you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus and God has put on your heart that you need to be a part of this community of faith officially. Invite you to do that same thing. Come by the Welcome Center when we're done. If you're here online, text us, let us know. But it's amazing to see what God's starting to do. And I think one day we're going to look back and say, you know what, this pandemic was an incredible blessing for this community of faith. Hard to see it now, but we'll see it someday. Or maybe you're here and you know you know, you know, you know that God has called you to a task and you've, you keep running from it and you keep running from it and you keep running from it. Don't be afraid. He won't call you to anything that he won't give you the ability to pull off. Say yes today. You respond as you feel led as we stand and worship together.
0: Thank you, Murray Hill, for joining us in worship this week. Have a blessed week and wear the name of Jesus well. We'll see you next Sunday.